Welcome to the Young Entrepreneur's Journey with your host, Yasmina Ellens. Welcome to the Young Entrepreneur's Journey, where we take the skills, mindset, and attitude needed to achieve any entrepreneurial endeavor, whether you're just starting out or you're already on your journey. And now, our host, Yasmina Ellens. Hello and welcome back to the Young Entrepreneur's Journey podcast with your host, Yasmina Ellens. And today I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with Sam Matheson, who's joining me all the way from Australia. It's really, really late his time now. He's got a really strange sleep schedule, but that's the entrepreneurial life. And a bit about Sam, he's a former he's a former dating coach for one of the top companies out there, uh, really, really elite. He also went to college for golf and is was basically an elite amateur on track to becoming a professional golfer. And he's also a social circle networking genius. And that's his thing, right? He's so good at networking and he's he's got such experience in putting himself around high level individuals. And uh, just with no experience at all in marketing, through his networking abilities, he managed to do marketing and, and get, a, get a job as a marketer for F45, which is a fitness company, which is really, really incredible. And he's also in the e-commerce space that got him to drop shipping. And right now, what he's focused on is he really, really just wants to give back with all of the things that he's learned from all of his lessons in entrepreneurship, life, business, networking, hustling. And with that said, it's an absolute pleasure having you on today, Sam. Thank you very much. That was an amazing intro. I'm not going to lie. That was very good. Thank I you. I tried my best. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Awesome. So my first question for you, Sam, is what originally got you onto your entrepreneurial journey? Um, my dad definitely got me into it when I was young. I had a split family, so my, my parents were never together. So ever since I was born. And from there, it's like I got those weekends with my dad. So we'd make the most of it. And I think it was like, five or six and he got me to into reading self-development books anything as a five-year-old you don't really understand what's going on but I do remember those times we would sit down and he would show me different books that he was reading back in the day this would have been 99 2000 and just just to grow up always being around the self-development niche you know those, those osmosis lessons that I learned from him looking up to him and from there that sort of just continued into the the trying to become a professional golfer for so long i was been playing for you know 25 years in total and i took all those all those lessons i learned from there then i got into a bad breakup obviously a lot of stuff happens when you are very uh, isolated in the golf course it was very isolating for me in sort of like a country town and not many people there so i didn't get to sort of relate too much and then from there i, I spiraled down to a lot of depression and uh, you know ended up abusing a few pills here and there i will say a bit of a, a sleeping pill addiction from there it led me to a a, a fuck it moment sorry but a brink moment where i was like i need to have a life-changing experience and it was right to the point where it was going to be either something happened or i wasn't going to be here and i found this this company that i did end up working for 11 months later which was really really cool which was the dating company and that made me take control of one aspect of my life when i had that controlled i then was like okay well i need some other areas so my health my wealth my higher purpose those things that i really strive for i was like this is what i need to handle so i ended up trying to really double down and handling them and then when i got a little bit i'm not there don't get me wrong i'm always it's always a journey with entrepreneurship i'm never there but i started to be like okay well i've got a little bit of a handle now and then from there i was like well i have all these lessons and and now i'm living very congruently to what i believe in my life i really wasn't before and i was trying to get on track and now that i'm like congruent i feel like when i can speak to individuals i can be my authentic self because i'm actually living that life now and I feel very in alignment. So it hits people a little bit differently to when I was trying to before, you know, that's that art of like trying to do something. It doesn't really fit, but when you just experience and you be it, and you live it, it just hits differently. It's this energetic sort of ether we talk about. Mm. Yeah. I think that's, that's really incredible. I think that's what leads a lot of people into entrepreneurship. I know it did with me where you just have this, as you were saying, a fuck it moment in your life where you're like, this will not stand anymore. And I've had a few of those when it comes to personal development and entrepreneurship. And just, it's it's kind of about, you know, how can I continuously be get better to become the best version of myself? Mm -hmm. And when you're working on yourself, 
to become the best that you can possibly be and not trying to be perfect, but just improving your life in, in the different areas of your life that you have every single day, just 1% better. Like you can, you can end up doing some amazing things. And I think that's what brings about that authenticity that you're talking about. That's really, really interesting. So yeah, it's like, I'd love, like you said, mm. it's about accepting not being perfect. That's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. And just being exactly. like in moment with you and the patience there. You got to have like patience with it, which I feel, I feel like you, you definitely do have and I do have. And it's a hidden talent that some people can obtain. That patience to be like, okay, well, it's, I might not be there, but I'm getting there each and every day. Mm. Definitely, definitely. And um, I'm curious to know, how did this lead into your journey of becoming such a fantastic networker? I think the when i when i would wanted to have my my sort of relationships handled it was you know with with um girls with my parents even with my family it wasn't just you know it just encompassed all this relationship i was like okay well this is a way that i don't really have too many friends and i was like well i've got my my high school friends which is cool and then when i was in the in the dating coach all of them disappeared they didn't want to associate with me which was a real sad thing and i was like well all right, this is an opportunity rather than a hindrance at all. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start again. I'm going to just start from ground zero, literally ground zero. And that's what a lot of people are scared of. They're scared of starting, of losing everything, of going broke, going bankrupt. When when you go there, it's like, okay, it's not as scary as I thought. Now it's all just about going up. So from there, it was like, okay, well, I just had to look at, you know, how to get to the next step. So the first thing I, I just made some goals, I put some goals down and then I've always been a goal setter. And I was like, okay, I want such a, like this amount of people I want, you know, I want to know these people. And then I realized, okay, well, maybe that's too far of a leap. You know, I wanted to know celebrities. I wanted to know this. And it might be, it might be too far of a leap right now where I was at the bottom, but I was like, you know, in the future it might. So I just stayed a little bit higher. So I was like, okay, I want to have five friends friends you know so I literally actively was like okay what is the next step I always look for as you said that that next step what's the next step what's the next step so I found you know one person I was like cool I've done you know one fifth of my journey that's really cool and then from there I've always been pretty socially calibrated so I know I understand where people's emotions lie and through the whole sort of spectrum of um, the relationship stuff that I worked on I understood the value exchange within people and I really kind of hit on that. I'm like, people love when other people give value and they hate takers in life. They hate when people just take take their energy, take their money, take their resources. So you've got to be a giver. Now, there's a book by Adam Grant. I don't know if you read it. It's called Give and Take. And there's three types of model he talks about. It's like one is a giver. He just gives value. He gives without the expectation of something in return. So just giving value. There's the takers that just take, take, take for themselves. And then there's the matchers that says, I won't do anything for you if you don't do anything for me. So when I became that giver, when I became that value provider, and it wasn't with the resources, I didn't have much, but I gave my time, my energy, my happiness, my joy, just anything I could have that was was part of me, my personality, my, my uh, kind of obscure understanding of how events work and how to plan them. And stuff like that. Mm. So I just used it. I, like I did a value arbitrage of everything that I had, and then I started to slowly mm. gain momentum. And then from there, it's like I found how I could get to the the most valuable people in the world. Value into in today's society. Let's just not put any value on anyone, but let's say high status people that do have have accomplished a lot in their life, or even if they haven't, they still have a lot of things that you might want to associate with. So yeah, I just started mm. from there to go up, and then and yeah, it's like a, it's like a process that I learned, and then I you know wrote it down. Mentors are a great thing too. A lot of mentors. I can't I can't say I took all the advice. You know, I, a mm. lot of a lot of the things helped with that. So I had a, a few mentors that really helped with that. Such as you, for other people, you you know, in my position, you were that mentor, that person that had a podcast that I was listening to. I would write everything down, everything they said, pretty much. I had books stacked, and I was like, but they said mm. this and they said that, just to learn something. Yeah, definitely. Mm. That's, that's really powerful. I think a lot of people are really scared of losing everything, as you were saying. And it is scary because we're biologically, it's, it's literally, we're biologically wired to fear loss. Because if, if back in the day you're in the tribe, in the savannah, and you, you, lose, you lose your food and you lose your resources, 
then you're screwed. You're going to die alone. But like, if you're going to gain one extra thing, right, it's not as much of a big deal as losing everything. So we do have that loss aversion bias. But I do think there's something beautiful about being like, okay, I'm sitting at the bottom. Now I can just build. Now I'm on a clean blank slate. Now I can just restart and create whatever life I want, which I think is a really liberating thing. I feel like a lot of actors that get typecast in a role, they almost wish they could just not have done that role, which is, you know, obviously hard for them to say, but start at that blank slate again to recreate mm-hmm. themselves. So it's never a bad thing. You, I, again, that, that might be one of a good ability that I have to reframe a lot of things that happen to me. You know, I look at the, the worst moments in my life and I reframe them so much so that I end up starting to believe my own uh, different opinion about the event. So much so that that becomes my reality. I can't even remember what I used to think about it. And that's the way that I, I've, I've, I've used those negative things as more positive and more things to, to really lift my life. And have you done that? Any sort of reframing and stuff? Have you learned that? I haven't actively, no. Is that where you literally got out a journal and you wrote down the, the bad events that you had in your life? And then you were like, okay, what's good about this? Yeah, pretty much. Really looking at from a different filter, maybe even putting yourself outside your body a little bit and being like, okay, you're not yourself. Just say, you know, just imagine and be like, okay, this event happened. Where can I see that there was good in it? What good came of it? Anything. It might've been just one thing. It might've been, you know, just, just the minutest thing. Okay. And start to go from there because there's a thing called a reticular activation, which is in your brain. So it's like, if I say, you know, every car outside's yellow, you start to pick up the yellow cars. Or it's like, uh, you know, the water, the water's all gray. It's never blue. And then you start to see gray water and you're like, oh, that's true. Your brain starts to pick those, actively pick those things up. It hasn't seen. Um, Or a great one today was cracks in the wall. I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any cracks in our wall. And I just looked at all our roof and I'm like, holy crap, there's so many cracks. I've never seen them other than today. So it's, it's that that RAS, which looks at the negative and then just starts to find more and more evidence that promotes and like sort of, makes that belief worse in, in that mm. event. So just looking at that little minute positivity in an, a bad event starts to create that cascade effect of looking for more and more positive things in that event. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like what Jocko Willink says, where any event that happens in your life, doesn't matter what it is, just say good. Because yeah. when you say good after that, now it becomes an opportunity. It's not this like big, horrible thing. It's like, good, now I get to do this. Or good, I learned this and I became stronger. Whatever the event is, I think that's just such a great way to live because then you give yourself the power back and then you actually become an agent of change as opposed to a victim. Yeah, I really do like his stuff. It's real, real cool. That mentality, mm. that army mentality, boot camp instructor mentality. Yeah, that's a, you know, one, uh, one interesting thing that you were saying earlier was on the topic of giving value. And this is this is something that I live by as well. I, I live by giving value because you know, I, I, the law of reciprocity, right? Yeah. If someone gives gives to you, you're like, oh, you feel emotionally obligated. You feel like there's some sort of emotional debt to this person. You're like, what yeah. can I do? I've had people in my life that they like bring me value, like so much value. I'm sitting there like how can I help you out? Let me help you. Tell me what you're working on. Uh, you know, sometimes they will, but you know, you know what really, really annoys me is when they're like, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. I'm like, what? Let me <laughs> yeah, help you. I feel like, exactly. This is, it's such a powerful thing. So I'm curious to hear, because you said you know, you've managed to build relationships with some of the, the top people out there, some of the top people. Yeah, in the world. absolutely. Yeah. Using that principle, which is good. How did you use that? Can you give some examples of how you've used that principle to build those kinds of relationships with people? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll dive deep down the rabbit hole. I think it was really interesting in one of your other interviews when you sent the Google document to your business partner, Greg, mm. and you were just giving value. Like there, explain like what was your mentality before I answered and it might change my answer a little bit because that was incredible. When I was listening to it, I was like, wow, that's a boss move. Yes. So for context, for anyone who hasn't listened to that interview um, on Greg Santos' podcast, Outlier Circle, we we were talking about what was our story and how we started doing business together. And I'd hopped on some of his morning calls, the morning hustlers. And I was like, this is great. I'm getting so much value. This is fantastic. Then Greg goes, hey, I've made this course. 
It would usually cost this much. I'm going to give it to the first few people for free. I'd love some feedback. Some like, I like Greg. I want to help Greg. Uh, this is a cool course. I'm going to probably watch it anyway. So I might as well, especially since I'm getting it for free, I'm like, I might as well give as much value as, as possible. And every single video he made that course, like I took an afternoon, just every single video, I put very detailed notes on exactly what was said, uh, exactly what I liked exactly what could be improved then I didn't even just stop at the course itself I went to the sales funnel and I said here this is great this could be better and it was like this huge google document and then I just sent it to Greg and he was like what that's crazy <laughs> and just because I've taken you know, it didn't take extra time like you know other people would allocate that time watching Netflix I instead yeah. allocated that time uh, learning something and adding value to someone and that was a big turning point in our relationship where I thought, damn, like, I think this would be a great person to go into business with. Yeah, that's that's interesting. It's it's when we go deep diver, you know how you said that reciprocity. I want to go like a little bit into that because the idea is from a Robert Child influence, obviously, when you give to others, they feel almost in debt to you. Um, the biggest thing that when someone learns that is that they start to give a lot and there's this hidden underlying message, like this, this sort of ultimatum that it's like, oh, okay, now someone, now someone can give something back to me. I wonder what they're going to give me. You know what I mean? And it's like, mm -hmm. you might give a compliment to something or you might ask someone how someone's day is. Right. And you're really only listening. You're not listening to them. And you're like, you're just waiting to, for them to ask how your day was. And you're like, oh yeah, my day was good. Blah, blah, blah. You know, just like start to go on or, or I call it, have you ever heard of a one upper? a guy or a girl mm. and they're just you'd say a story and they've got a better story and they want to one-up you those type of people are are yeah are again this this book adam grant talks about their matches they're not givers but you giving the google document is straight just giving value as you said just straight giving value there's no expectation of anything in return you're just simply doing it because you put your time your effort your energy and you're just giving it to him simply because you just want to you just think it'll just help. And there's, there's no expectation of, you know, obviously in that situation, Greg giving you anything back. And I think that's really important to understand. It's like when you are giving or when you are doing great things, my mentor Owen Cook always talks about there's an intent, you're giving value, but you're free from the outcome. You don't expect anything in return. There's no outcome. And that it really applies to life when you do anything, especially with these, when you're doing social networking. You can want to be someone's friend. That is the intent. Every everything you do should have an intent behind. Otherwise, you don't. You, what are you doing? Even by watching a Netflix show, there's an intent that you want to get laughter. You want to have fun. You want just want to you know experience something. There's an intent there. But a lot of people have this outcome. They want something from it. They're they're in that taking mentality. They take something. I need something for myself. And it's really when you can have that flip where you're like, that's my intent, but I'm free from this outcome. I don't. I have to push the outcome away and expect the unexpected, but still have an intent in mind, you know? So it's a, it's a real big paradox that not a lot of people get, but it's this teeter. And when you are dealing with sort of social circles and stuff like that, you've got to understand that becoming someone's friend or networking, have you ever gone to a coffee, like a coffee meetup and then it just doesn't go anywhere or anything like something like that. It just doesn't really work. And you try to make it work and it really doesn't. A lot of the time it's because you're both outcome dependent. You want an outcome to happen instead of just experiencing it. And there's a quote, I don't know if you've watched the movie billion dollar boys club. It's about like investors and stuff. And it's a, quote, yeah, a great movie to watch. I really like it. And there's a quote where a guy goes, it's, I don't invest in companies or businesses. I invest in relationships. So your relationship is your number one key to gaining any sort of high value person into your life or a social circle. It's about the relationships, not about what you can give each other. It's about that mm -hmm. relationship. And when you can, when you can understand that, that's when you can open up a lot of secrets. Cause I know you have some secrets that you do. Cause I've written down a bunch of stuff that I sort of do that I learned off uh, your podcast and and especially other people that you interviewed how how kind of like you know take for example I'm going to put you on the spot here how you approached me to do the interview was so precise and so can it was so simple that mm. I can see how a lot of people take you up on the offer of doing say this podcast because you just yeah. give value it's simple yeah. it, it, it's almost like you've learned the art of hidden communication without expecting anything but there's still the intent of let's do something together but it's not as if like mm -hmm. you were going to gain value of uh, more value than I was, or I was going to gain more value. It was just, 
let's go do something let's create let's have fun like there's the the intent behind it so that's what yeah, I really love exactly. about how, how you did that mm. yeah thank you it's really powerful uh, it's just again that sort of abundance mentality of oh I have this introduction to you you seem like a really cool person this is the person we have in common uh, I think they're a great person this is how I know this person uh, then this is what I'm up to this is why I'm speaking to you here are all my creds you know Buddha's big undeniable uh, what was what's it called it's like a big undeniable dominating authority right here are my Buddha's here's why you should talk to me basically um, I think you seem really cool this is why I'd love to speak with you have you on a podcast if not, no worries. If you're too busy, I totally understand. It's not like I needed you. I, it's not like I needed to interview you. I just wanted to. Yeah, I think that's exactly. such a such a powerful thing. You come from that abundant wire frame instead of scarcity, instead of that want. Like a lot of people, they might give a compliment because it's like, please like me because if you like me, then I can like myself more. You know, and you mm. said it was that abundant mentality and you didn't have any scarcity behind it. And I think a lot of the time, that's the biggest mindset that people have to have that abundant mindset. It might not be in reality, but you can reframe it to yourself to see abundance in your life. And then again, as I said before, yeah. the R flip, you start to see a lot more abundance in your life and you're like, wow, well, I do have that. And that that's yeah. a great key that I reckon. And then you were talking about before that I did like was um, the, or I think I was talking about actually the social, socially calibrated. You got to be able to like understand social calibration when you're dealing with people. And then one of the mm -hmm. biggest social calibrations is understanding what you said. It's like that abundance that you, 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 you're not pressuring it and you're not trying to force something that's not growing naturally as it is by your message. Your message was very natural. And by, by forcing or people trying to be friends with each other, or trying to grow that social circle or trying to just connect with, you know, business people, high value people, high value people, people can sense that scarcity or that neediness that comes from it. And to create that abundant mindset where it is just, you are giving value. If they want to take value, great. And they want to give it back. Great. If not, no worries. It's okay. There's so many people mm -hmm. in the world that will take that and it will grow naturally. And that's what I do like about that. Mm. I love to switch that mentality from I hope this person likes me to I hope that I like this person. Like, does this person actually make sense in my life? You know, there are several people I've met and they might be they might be very wealthy, they might be very high value people, but we don't really have a connection, we don't really vibe. And so it doesn't make sense to try and force anything or to get anything from them because again, you you should respect the relationship more than you can respect what you can gain from a person right it's like but when you have that natural synergy if we get along really well and we want to help each other out that's such a powerful thing so I, i'd love to ask you um how did you use your communication and networking skills to network your way into uh, becoming a marketer for the fitness company at 45 uh, so again, I, I met a guy in Sydney who was, I didn't know anything about him, didn't really know too much about his business. And um, I remember one day, you know, he started, you know, I would take him out for drinks and we'd have some drinks and we'd go socialize and just have fun. And then I started to invest more and more into him. Seems like a cool dude. We just hung out a bunch. And, and that's what one of the keys is that you've got to develop a relationship with someone in order to do a, a, you know, any sort of business transaction. And I, I truly believe that because all of my business partners that I've ever had, especially with drop shipping or e-commerce and stuff was I had a relationship or a friendship with them before anything else. That's, that's a big key thing. So with that, I then go into more specifics, how I did it was I knew he needed a marketer and I could tell that there wasn't too many people by subtle things that he was dropping, subtle hints of words. I could tell that there wasn't too many people applying for the job. And he was asking me, and I, look, I did have, you know, I would be a hundred percent honest. Right. And I would say, look, look, I don't, I have a little bit of experience. Yes. Um, I can do things, but I definitely think that in the next, this amount of time, I'll be able to not only learn this, but be very proficient and understand that, look, I've been, you know, going to the gym all my life. And I started to look almost like sales pitching a little bit on who I was, but not what I could do, but just who I was. And you're like, you know me, you know, I'm a hard worker. Like we've hung out, we've definitely done things. I know the value that we both hold to each other. And then I started to cater towards his like emotional side. I'm like, bro, look, think how epic it would be. Just me and you just running the show and doing it. And started to create this whole, you know, not fantasy, but this whole like emotional thing behind him. And when it got 
to a point where it was so emotional, so many pros. And so I was just literally just doing classic marketing techniques. I was marketing myself as not a marketer to get a marketing job. So I ended up just being able to market myself so well that he was like, well, this guy's perfect for it. So I was like, and then from there, like, again, yeah, he was like, well, I can't not hire you after that. That was amazing. I was like, that's, that's what I like. So I ended up doing that job for about a year. And that was, that was a crazy experience. A really, really nice experience to be able to learn marketing. And I learned so much more, even though it wasn't what I wanted to do. Don't get me wrong. But I learned a hell of a lot about just online stuff in general. And that's really crazy. When you're online, you learn so much about online things and, and living in this digital world that we live in. And I think in the next 10 years, you'll see it just skyrocket and nearly everything will be online at the moment. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I think in that story, just showing like your, your 100% honesty, but then also showing that you're an adaptable person who can learn fast and you estimate that this time you're going to be able to do these things uh, is, is such a powerful thing. And uh, I also think the fact that with, in your other business ventures with your business partners, you had a friendship, you had a relationship is so important. Because I think I, so many people go into business with someone that's they're like, they have, they had a coffee <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, this is great. Let's, this is great. Let's go into business together. It's like, that's like saying you, you go on a date with someone then you're like, oh, this person's awesome. Let's get married after like one day. Right. Let's but when you have, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's like trust is, is such an important thing in a business relationship. And so just, just building those relationships is extremely important. Oh, hundred percent. You're, you're not wrong there. And I think now the next thing it's like to be able to find someone like that, that was the key thing. It was, that was the more how, how I was able to use all my value in, and get that person in my circle. And that was a big thing that I, I know was, I saw the opportunity there and took it. So that was the opportunity. It wasn't even getting the job or anything like that. He just liked me. I would have probably just worked with him anywhere doing some random stuff. But the, but the opportunity was just getting him into my circle, my social circle and, and giving him so much value. And that was, that was the biggest thing that as again, he felt, he felt the need to reciprocate something in return, mm. which was kind of cool. And then obviously I did well at pitching him. But yeah, I think that yeah. was a, that was a cool thing that I can definitely talk about, which is uh, the the social circle dynamic and how to get more more people like that 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 offer you jobs or you go into business with, because that's a specific mm. key that that not a lot of people either get time for. That we've just been through coronavirus, and and for me, it's like coronavirus was the greatest thing. I met more friends in Corona in the whole time than I had before, using like simple principles and obviously reading a lot of books does help. But um, one of the key things that I did realize that I'd love to share with you over the last couple of weeks mm. is I don't know what the what the whole situation in the world is like or where you are or where I was. We we had a limit of 10 people. That's all we could see, 10 people. It was five before, then 10. It was 10 for a while, then it was 20. So I, I used a thing called a container event. Now, a container event mm. that I like to call is just an, a, an ongoing thing that I invited random people to obviously cap it on at, at the maximum it could, but I just kept it going, just an ongoing thing. And that's a consistency because you can have a coffee with someone. And then you said like, it's like, Oh, what are we going into business now? But no, it's like, I, again, I, I started a friendship with a lot of these people and that's, that's what you want to do. You want to actually have a friendship before anything else. So the container event was just a, just a sushi day. We used to have, that's it. A sushi on a Thursday. It wasn't anything big. You can even have a coffee day at a coffee club. And you just invite a bunch of people, but it's not about the people that turn up the first week, the second week, the third week. It's about the people that turn up the eighth, the ninth, the 10th week, the consistency and not getting bogged down about no one coming to your events because the, the greatest people that I ever met came at the sixth, seventh and eighth event we threw. We just had a coffee day. We had sushi days. We went bowling. We, you know, with Corona going, all this stuff will come back. Or you might have a, a picnic day or you might just go do some fun thing with, with someone, you know, just like, you know, you could have a, a, just a business connection day. You go just have a, have a table, you book out a space or something like that. And you just invite a bunch of people. But by doing that consistently, the consistency behind doing something like that, you will find that people will bring other connections that you had no chance of meeting before. And a lot of my time, the people that I met were brought by other people. So that's how you grow. Just slowly start to grow 
and grow and obviously use social media as, as, a, as a tool. We condemn social media so much, except we use social media for the wrong thing. We forget the first word of social media, which is to be social on it. It's all about the media, mm. usually media, media content. So I used it to be social. So even the events that I threw, I, I Instagrammed them, I tagged everyone. I made sure we were having such a good time because I wasn't pitching someone on the first, first time I threw an event. I wasn't pitching them on the second time or the third time. But by the sixth or seven, they were texting me being like, are we still doing this day? At the moment, I'm trying a workspace hustle. So in the Gold Coast, mm. we're going through every single working space in the whole of the Gold Coast. There's like 15 workspaces. And I always say, like, I make a, a hype it up where I'm like, we're going to find the best working hub space for entrepreneurs in the whole of the Gold Coast. And no one's going to know. So, you know, mm. we had the first week we had three people and then I started texting one. Then we had five people and then we had seven people last week. And then we've got, we got 12 people locked in for uh, Wednesday this week. And mm. then I'm like, okay, so I started to get a few influencers involved and now they're messaging or well, what they're messaging other workspaces being like can we use can we use your space for free we've got this amount of people coming so now I'm, I'm using their value and other people's value to find different working spaces so I'm again value arbitraging everything I've got and then getting them to bring more people I'm investing other people see it so I'm using all my resources to connect more people with each other and be as I said quote unquote social being social with mm. more people so those are the things that I reckon um, after Corona starts to settle down a little bit more in the, in the coming months that you can incorporate to find these new business connections that, that you have. Obviously, for me, a lot more social connections. But then again, I, I keep running into business connections somehow. By being social, I'm finding more business connections, which is a crazy idea. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's such a great way to bring people into your network. And you're basically being a social broker as well, because anyone else who comes to one of your container events is going to form relationships with other people at the container events. And you might not have anything to do with their relationships, except for the fact that they were both at your event. But all of yeah. that value and that gratitude is going to be attributed to you by the mere fact that it was your event. How crazy is that? Yeah. The so birthday it's, party. It's, they, call it, they call it the birthday party theory. It's like it's your yeah. birthday every event because you've organized everyone. So everyone looks at you as the center of everything, the centership of the, the center really cool. of the friendship. And then, yeah, it's a cool little idea. Yeah. I also love your working space idea because I think with entrepreneurs, a big problem that they have is one, finding people and making those connections. And two, it's just like it can be quite lonely because. You don't have the same, like, I'm in an office workspace with my nine to five colleagues and we go out with my colleagues afterwards. It's not that kind of culture and often you're working on your own. And so yeah. I think just taking that, like, okay, I'm still going to get stuff done. I'm still going to be productive, but I'm going to make connections while I do that by going on a workspace hustle is such an ingenious idea. And I can, I can already see, I can already see the one objection that most people, but it's like, what if I like doing it by myself and like, I don't know anyone and there's no entrepreneurs where I live. I've checked everywhere. I've checked all of LinkedIn. There's no one. And I'm like, well, start to dictate to other people, your friends, what a, a cool thing you're doing and try to get them involved with it. If it's like, you know, obviously doing your on, online stuff, a lot of the time I'm, pitching other people on becoming e-commerce, like doing e-commerce so I can just bring them in the space so I have more e-commerce people to talk about. Or before it was like, you know, with F45, I would just start to be like, yo, you got to start doing marketing. You got to pitch marketing to like other people. You're so good at writing. I know your blogs, you do blogs. Like you could just do Facebook. And I would literally create them into becoming marketers with me just so I had friends to do it with. So I literally became like, I, I, I got my friends to become my e-commerce friends or my, sorry, my, um, you know, digital friends that we were digital nomads, as I say. So yeah, I, I literally done that. So, you know, that, that excuse can be wiped out of everyone's head because they can create someone to work with. Mm. I also think Corona is such a great opportunity to capitalize on building your network. So for instance, maybe like in London, for instance, where I am, it'd be difficult to do container events because they're starting to hamper down restrictions, the amount of people you can meet and stuff like that. But you can do online events and you can make friends all around the world. Like yeah. we've never met in person. You're in Australia. I'm in the UK. We're on opposite ends of the world. Yet because we have this opportunity where everyone's online now, we can yeah. still form a friendship if we continue going to similar events or staying in the same circles. 
And it's just like the amount of international connections I've made just over the past few months is yeah. incredible. So there's definitely opportunity in that as well. Like a so, free Zoom a free Zoom hangout or something like that. Just something that people can come in, talk e-commerce or talk any sort of digital marketing or this or that or anything like that you could create just now. Yeah. That's Whatever crazy- theme you want to make it, have a theme, have a theme, have a reason that people show up and then make it really good so people want to keep coming and bring their friends. So kind of going, still diving down the relationship rabbit hole. Yeah. I know sure. you talked earlier about the value of having mentors and the the power in that and so I'm wondering what is the value in that for you why is having a mentor so important what are some of the things that you've gained out of having great mentors and how how did you build relationships with mentors well I would say like I had two two mentors within golf obviously there's different mentors I would say um I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an experience that I had so I had any sort of athlete has coaches right and your coach might not be your mentor. It might not be the person you look after, but that's the person that's dictating to you how things should be done their way or their filter or what they've seen. And you're taking their experience. Um, so I would say in person, the mentors that I have and the, the golf coaches, I went through a lot of golf coaches because it might be just the way that they speak to you. That's it. The way that you understand what they are saying. So one mentor or one golf coach would say something about a particular technique and it just wouldn't resonate with me that well. I I could understand, but I couldn't, but then I would go to another golf coach and he'd say the exact same thing. And it would just hit me because the English language is so diverse yet limited. There's only a sequence in which you can put things, but when they put in different sequences, it hits you on a different level. So I noticed that I'd hit one golf coach. And when I did, it was like everything he said just hit me differently. So I would, when I found my mentors, it was more that they could speak to me on a level that I could so deeply understand. And I know other mentors or other people that are on, um, you know, the internet say, take, take other people. I'll say like, um, Dan Locke or other sort of big influences or people like Ty Lopez. I've never really resonated with them too much, but you're like your Gary Vaynerchuk's someone that's like that. I just resonate so wholeheartedly. So for me, I didn't choose my mentors. They chose me sort of thing because I related to them so well, or they just spoke to me in this different way. It's like anyone likes anything. You like your taste in music. Everyone has a different taste in music. Why is that? They're saying that it's the same kind of melodies. It's the same four chord songs. It might be the same guitar, same sort of everything, but it's just played differently by different people. So I would say just try to find what style of music or what style of mentor that you like. Cause I know the ones that I, that I got, yeah, they definitely picked me. And, and from there I dug around, you know, I didn't, I did not dig around for them. I still looked for them, but I fell into that mentorship with them. And I know specifically when I'm, I'm talking about uh, my mentor, Owen, from there, when I found found that I just resonated so wholeheartedly with him. I got around him. I just, I did anything to get around that person. And I went on, you know, I saw every video. I I did everything just to get around that energy. I wanted to do that. I wanted to be around as Gary Vaynerchuk says, get around the sun, you know, just get around the fire, get around it. And, and with that, I, I, I did something very risky. I kind of, you know, found a credit card or got a credit card and just spent splurged out. But that was also the, the the pivotal moment in my life that I made the best decision in my life and then got an internship with him. So when I got an internship with him, um, again, I pitched myself. So I must be good at marketing. I, I pitched myself a lot to these people. And, um, but yeah, no, I, I did. I did sacrifice a lot to, to go after my goals and have this clear vision of like, I want to work with this mentor. I wanted to get close with him. But again, that mentor picked me in the way that he could talk. And a lot of the time, a lot of the, the mentors I had were from YouTube or just the, to hearing someone speak to understand their message. And I was like, yes, I resonate with that message. Like I wholeheartedly resonate with that. So it's okay if you don't have one, I, I would say again, like you said before, being okay with not maybe having a mentor right this second but still actively again the intent to have a mentor but that's free from outcome by allowing that freedom that space that's what a lot of people don't do they so they go after it so hard without allowing the vacuum of space to come in so that they can allow things into their life and i think that's that's a great thing that i was able to do create that space to allow great things to come bit of law of attraction bit of this a bit of that but hmm. you know i i 
you can say it's a bit esoteric, it's a bit in the ether, but I allow, I had the mentality that was more of what I had. Mm. Yeah, you want it, but you don't need it. Yes, 100%, mm. which is great. Like everyone wants a teacher, everyone wants that, true. But yeah, I, I never chased it. I never needed it so badly. But, you know, then again, if someone is in that position where they do need something, a little practical step is like, okay, go on YouTube and find what your, your message that you want, like, like not your message that you want, find out your problem. What is your problem? You know, that someone is a little bit elevated or has what you want. That's what I, I always say. If you ever want to learn knowledge, look at the people that have exactly what you want. And, and I, I would be doing deep diving stuff. A lot of the fake YouTubers and fake people that have the Rolexes, the Lamborghinis, and they're all for rent. You know, you can roll, you can hire a Lambo. I think it's over the age of 30 for three and a half thousand dollars. It's not a big deal anymore. But if you want to be the person that wants materialistic things or wants the lifestyle that they're free to do anything, do some deep diving into the people and really understand if they're legit. And then from there, that's what I did. So I found, you know, the legit people, especially now, because a lot of the time it is, I know, a, 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 not a friend of mine, a guy here got caught and I was trying to tell people, I was like, it just didn't resonate with some people and you could see. So you got to find that person that resonates with you the most. Mm. Yeah, it is, it's such a key thing. It's, it's like we were saying before, do you vibe? Great. Go do something together. Want it, but don't need it. Do you not vibe? <laughs> okay just let it go let it go like you don't need everyone to be your mentor you just need those right people right and i'm curious to know what are what did you gain out of having those mentors how did that transform your life um again i was in a very deep dark place when i did found it so i again i gained my life i gained everything back so, you know, my family could contest that I was, you know, just, just in a very dark place. So I, again, this, this urge that I have to help give back to people right now is coming from this urge that I might not have been here without my mentors. And I'm probably pretty sure I wouldn't be. So from there, I was like, so I owe my life to them and that's what I gained from them. But I gained, um, my, my friend Caitlin talks about this as um, she read it in a book about expanders. So people or events that come into your life that expand either your reality, your perception of reality, your experiences, your comfort zone. So people will come into your life and expand you to become better. And I think a mentor is the greatest person that can expand you. So I don't believe anyone gets better at anything they do. I think we evolve to become different people over the time. So as well as the seven years that your whole body goes, you know, every seven years you become a different person, literally everything's different, that your, your mind is evolving into this new person. It's still the same in the, in the, in the same sort of, um, uh, you know, your, your brain's the same and everything like that, but you, you become, you evolve to become better. And I know you can probably attest to like before you started businesses, I'm sure you were like a little bit scared of doing this and, you, and there was a bit of fear and, and resistance there. And now it's, it's seems simple because you overcame that boundary. And I look at it like, yes, you overcame the boundary, but you evolved into the new Yasmina. And I was like, again, for me, I just kept evolving and they were the expanders to allow me to evolve. And sometimes you might need a, a mentor to allow you, you're not allowing yourself to get better. And they're the, they're the person that says, hey, that belief is wrong. And then you start to allow yourself to become the best version of yourself. So it's really interesting. Every mentor is going to do different things and you might relate with them at the start and then not relate with them later. And I, I know me, I feel, I feel the reciprocity so deeply with my mentor. So I like, I have to give back almost. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's um, really powerful. I think one, one thing that I think is just so profound, as you say, when you're on this journey, you're constantly evolving and you're constantly improving parts of yourself and you, you're becoming a different person. You're almost shedding these several old yous. And I read this quote from our, our mutual connection, Trillstein, and he said something like, there, there, there are so many people who know a past version of you that doesn't exist anymore. And I think that that really hit deep with me. That really hit deep. True, that's so true, yeah. Mm. Holy hell. Yeah. I, know, yeah I, just, think, I don't know. I don't know. Have you had experiences where you've seen old people that you haven't seen in a lot while and they're just like, I don't know, they look at you a little differently or you can see the squint in their eye. They're like, like almost like, who is this a little bit? 
Have you had that? Yeah, someone someone that you haven't seen in years. Yeah, it's like it's almost like you're a, you're a completely new person. It's it's really interesting. They're like, who is this? It's 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 a strange thing. It's a strange thing. But one thing I'm really curious. Go on, go on. Yep. One thing I'm really curious to know is a common theme throughout this conversation is that you've managed to pitch yourself really well, and I think that's something you need to be able to do as an entrepreneur. And Mm. I think that's something that several people also struggle with. So when you're pitching yourself, what's going through your mind? What are you trying to convey to someone? Well, I can say the whole time I was trying not to pitch myself. That's probably the best thing I wasn't trying to. I was trying to, okay, you can say, um, you can be very good at storytelling. And I I urge everyone to find, a, again, a mentor as like a person that teaches you a lot of things, but also find a comedian that you resonate really well with. Because comedians are the best storytellers in the world. And they actually put every story, they put themselves in either the main character or a spinoff of the main character, or they put themselves in a different light where they're the hero or their their story is the hero's journey. So I learned a lot of the time that there was factors in, involved in, in not selling yourself, just being the authentic self of you. And then as well as, as, as you can say, selling yourself, but I would say like presenting yourself in the best light. So a lot of them is uh, voice tonality. It would be body language. It would be um, taking the time to, Uh, it would be, be, you know, basically I'm looking at all the things, you know, voice tonality, body language, as well as how you present yourself, the stories at which you say, how you um, even structure the stories is really, really key. And so those things that you can learn are very, very quick. Open body language is a great thing. A loud enough voice, um, no upward inflection on any sort of uh, words. So when, when you when you do an upward inflection, it's called you're seeking rapport. So you're seeking to be like, can we be friends? Like, oh my god, really? Oh my god, that's so cool. Like, oh, like you know, or you might repeat something they say, and and all of these things encompass this this vibe that you emanate to people. So I would say that when you work on those things, when you work on your your personality, yourself, your your body language, all those those things as well as learn comedians, learn how to tell stories, you begin to create confidence and you, you emanate this vibe where people want to be around you. People are attracted to you. You become this rock star in your own movie or this, mm. this main character, as a lot of people say. And I do like it, but, but I, I, I also don't like it because people then try to play a character instead of be yourself. The coolest kids in my school never tried to be cool. They just were cool. They, they were never trying to do anything and and I think the biggest thing that I did is really understand being present in the moment being very engaging and engaged in the moment that we're talking about not think about the past or present it's a great book by uh, Eckhart Tolle you know the power of now and that teaches you how to be present in the moment how to be engaged not thinking about okay what answer am I going to say like oh my gosh she said all these things and I've got to you know draw this thing but just being present listening and being engaging by that you're just so in the moment that people can feel it out of you mm. that essence it might not have been anything i said i might not have said all these kind of things that made you say hey this guy's really cool like you know he's got good information but it might have just been the vibe and the essence and the way i said things that mm. made you think those things so it might be subtle non-communication obviously communication is only seven percent of what we say and that non-communication that body language and stuff is 93 percent so mm. I would say, you know, if you 80-20 that principle that your 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 non like your non-verbal communication is the one to work on most of all. But then again, your seven percent is very important of the actual communication in which you speak is very important too. Mm-hmm. But that's why I just 80-20 that whole principle, really, I think. And maybe I've just got good at it because I've started to pitch everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's- there's so much to unpack in what you just said there from being a great storyteller to being, because some one thing that I, I like to say is that when your mom tells you, you should just be yourself, be yourself and everyone will love you. That's, yeah. that's really great advice, but it's also really useless because most people don't know who they are, right? Yeah. So first you need to understand who you are because you can't be authentic if you don't know who you are. But once you know exactly the, the way I go about it is I know my value. I like literally wrote down like, here are all the cool things I've done. This is why I'm an awesome person. This is why it would be valuable for other people to get to know me or to work with me. 
And then once I know that, I don't brag about this stuff, but I, I can communicate that in an effective way through stories, um, through things like that. And then like I just you just know exactly the direction I want to go in. I know exactly what my goals are. I'm very crystal clear. And once you know what your goals are and you know your value, it becomes very easy to just relax and become authentic and communicate um, that to others effectively. That's really, really good advice. That's like spot on, 100% mm -hmm. spot on. Yeah, there, there's nothing that you could fault there. And I think, yeah, where they're like, just be yourself, just be it. Like, don't worry, just like, honey, honey, just be yourself. It's fine. Like people will love you for you. It's like, it's it's the world's worst advice I could ever say. <laughs> I think the best thing, you know, someone might say with that is that like, oh, how do I, how do I know who I am? Like I haven't done anything cool. And I would say when you sit with yourself for long enough, take a period of sitting with yourself, no phone, no distraction, and literally asking yourself, what is it I want to do? Not any sort of opinion from any other people. What is it I, I want to do? Do I feel like I want to go to the gym right now? Not really. Do I want to go for a walk? Not really you know what I want to do? It's like, I, even if it's the most random thing, I want to go feed the, like today, I was like, you know what I really like to do is like pelicans outside where I am. I'm like, wouldn't it be funny to feed one of them? You know, I just, it was just a random thought, but I had the feeling like I let it up. It's a random, completely random thing. I know, but I had the thing and I try to follow my intuition of like, what is it I want to do? And that's how I really understand myself because sometimes you might have these emotions that come up and you, and you don't know how to fix them, but sometimes you have this intuition or this gut feeling and a lot of us don't listen to it anymore. And by listening to it and by, you know, I, I, I do a lot of tackling my fears. So any fears I have, I really try to tackle them because I don't want to be fearful of anything in the world. And um, that's, that's a way that I've done some pretty cool stuff is, is seeing fear, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's to a point that I don't want to jump off a building or anything. That's completely not what I'm saying, but you know, it might be fear of like talking to a stranger. That was a great thing. I was like, Oh, I'm so scared about doing that. Or it might be um, some other fear tactics. Like one of the fear tactics we did with a buddy is a program. It was like, you had to go uh, into a shop and start singing, completely singing a song. And I was like, wow. oh God, I don't want to do that. You know, the, the, the resistance, the anxiety comes here. Again, one of the greatest things that I've learned, especially if you're dealing with someone like, you know, say today there was a little bit of nervousness. I either do segment intention, which is a great thing. It's like before any event, I will do what do I want out of the event. So like today I was, I was listening to, in um, brushing my teeth. I was like, I want to have a great podcast with you. I want it to be supernatural and flowing. And so I'm, I'm literally intending what I want to happen. And I learned that from law of attraction, Jerry and Esther Hicks. But the other thing too, is like when I did all those fear technique things, like of, of unleashing the fear or another one was like, just in a busy street, lying down on the road. That's it. Just lying down in the middle of a busy street, you know, with the people walking past. It's just those fear that comes up. I learned to reframe that from, oh my God, it's fear to, oh my God, that's excitement. So all these mentality mm. things come in to be able to do that. And then, and then from there, I think I got to know how to control my emotions and I got to know myself better by controlling mm. my emotions a little bit more, which is a cool yeah. thing that you can do. You, when you push through that resistance and you make yourself do it anyway, then you can just become free. Like now oh. I'm free. Now I can do whatever I want. It's really funny. I actually did that where I lay down in the street for a few minutes yeah. in Paris once and everyone was coming up to me. They were like, Sava, Sava, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, what? <laughs> they thought like I was injured or something. It was really funny. Right. Um, I, I also love how you have pel just pelicans just where you yeah. are. I, I, yep. I find that so interesting. I went you from different places. Like, I would just have pelicans. I'm like, the, to me, the concept of a pelican is just something that's so far away. Like, so extremely like It's down at Brighton, the beach or something like that. That's the only place you get them. Yeah, yeah. we got a little lake around. Oh, well, it's a river and they're always there. And, and I haven't seen any sharks. It's a, it's a big river for sharks. And I haven't seen any yet, but I saw two kids like swimming across it. I'm like, oh my God. Am I going to die? Oh my God. <laughs> Damn. I was literally watching it. I was like, oh, so bad. Anyways, well, I'm yeah, really no. glad sharks are a thing in the UK. I mean, we do have sharks, but we call them business yeah. sharks. So, business sharks, right? Eh? Yeah. Bad. You know, yeah. you know, the sharks business. Do you like the people in Shark Tank in America? The business sharks. Yeah. Uh, I love so, it. Before I ask you my final question, I'd yeah, love to sure. know what are some rules that you have for your life that lead mm -hmm. to success? 
Wow, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, just, I think I just said one, you know, if I'm fearful of anything, I don't like to have fear in my life. I don't like to be held back by something that's intangible that could be conjured by my mind. And that's mm. a big thing when, when I want to, I want to always push my comfort zone. That's number one. I always want to push my comfort zone. Now, a lot of people hear that and people might be already tuning out right now. Oh, push your comfort zone. That's okay. But I'm like, no, I want to tackle that fear. I want to, I want to, you know, we're all fearful of something, you know, and we're all controlled by this, this urge to like, Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. That's scary. That's this, that's that. What if won't people, what people won't like me, you know, and I want to, punch through those barriers that I have. And that's led me to a lot of cool stuff that I've done. I never wanted to, um, you know, stagnate. That was a big thing. And, and, and by living in this comfort zone, you live in stagnation. And then if you know anything mm. about, you know, water and stuff like that, obviously stagnation, you know, the, the water gets murky, gets, you know, all sorts of bad things happen. And that's what I think happens in your mind and your body when you don't, when you do stagnate for too long. So by pushing that comfort zone, you, you, you get that water running again. It becomes a free flowing river again. And then uh, after a while, it becomes a rapid when you're in, when you're doing too many things and you get too rapid and you need to calm it down a little bit. So that would be my rule number one. For rule number two for success, that's a really good question. I've never thought of like, what are my rules? But I would say, mm. I would say meditating a lot. Yeah, meditating would be a great thing. Un learning how to control the emotions and learning how to control your thoughts is, is, is a real powerful thing because understanding that you're not controlled by your thoughts you can you you know you some people have these like two you know you have this one 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 brain that's telling you go do this or and then you're like oh no no i don't want to do that or this and then you're like, almost like you're conflicting so when you can um kind of link the two together it's a really really uh powerful thing um mm. another rule to success that i have this is more of a physical thing that people can incorporate today whenever you're talking to someone and you want to be very logical you talk to someone's right eye so their right eye because it connects to their left hand brain whenever you want to do something emotional you connect to their left eye because it connects to the right hand side of the brain i always do that with i do all the time i learned that mm. from ages ago and i've always i don't know if it works but it's just something i do but it also makes me do a lot of eye contact with that so that's one um, that really helps my body language really helps any sort of communication i have with anyone and mm. it takes it from just like when people are like, oh, just, you know, eye contact's a big thing for people. They're scared to do it. But it takes it from just look at their eyes to look at a particular eye. It gives it sort of a, a different meaning. Oh, okay. Like, I understand that. That's pretty cool. Mm. And uh, number three would be um, <clears throat> uh, always be learning. Always be learning something. Whether it's, mm. um, I know you know seven languages, which is absolutely insane. Even probably more now. <laughs> like that, that <laughs> I wish. That's, that's probably you know that's incredible and i feel um this is just my opinion that you've got to keep your brain active i i have two grandparents and they're in their 90s right now and not an ounce of alzheimer's in my family and they just they keep their minds so sharp i mean my my grandma's doing the hardest like the very hard crosswords and she's like excelling at it she's a whiz at it you know what i mean and they've always kept their that's what i got from my family they've always kept their brain learning and, and books are a great thing because someone spent their whole life their whole life 60 years and they've put it into a book and for you to take a week or two weeks to read it you've just incurred 60 years of knowledge so it's like it's a no-brainer to read mm. to keep learning as you do and that's learning things that make you uncomfortable. Again, that goes back to rule number one. That would be my principles of life. Sam's principles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sam's, Sam's, Sam's rule book to life, like embossed, looks like the Bible. It's like you open it, you're like, this is Sam's Bible. Yes, three, three pages, that's all it is. <laughs> I feel like you've already answered my final question, Sam, but I'm going to answer it anyway, just to see if yeah. something new comes out, which yep. is what are three key truths about the entrepreneurial journey that you would drop on a young entrepreneur today? It doesn't have to be lonely. It mm -hmm. can be very, very social. Entrepreneurs don't have to be that lone wolf, you know. There's so many there's so many memes and so many things like, I know there's one, there's like a picture of a skyscraper and it's like one light on, it's like that's an entrepreneurial apartment. It's like, it doesn't have to be that. Sure, you can make like that. It doesn't have to be this lonely grind. I urge people to, to realize it doesn't have to be this lonely grind and the way to success is actually having a, a social circle that might not be predicated on, on all on entrepreneurial stuff, but just a social circle of people doing cool stuff with the osmosis 
um, effect of the five closest people with Jim Rohn's, the five closest people to you actually dictate who you are. Obviously, mm. he, he worked a little differently than that, but that's a big thing. So you want to get people that are around you that are doing some amazing stuff that inspire you to be better. Like I have this, this kid that moved into my apartment block. He became a sales rep, so he goes door knocking, right? So it's an example. And he got, I think he got four promotions in two months. And this wow. kid just sells. So he went from the bottom of the rank and now he has his own team making close to like, I think he's going to make, if he continues to the track, like a hundred grand this year. And I'm like, I've literally watched him get full promotion. I'm like, damn, this kid is good. And he hustles so hard, mm. um, which is really cool that I get to see something like that. Um, so that would be number one. Another truth that I would have that's interesting is as you, this is something that happened with me, but as you get older in your life, if you are in your forties, fifties and sixties, it, you do slow down. Don't get me wrong. Your energy does diminish. We can't help that. It does diminish about hanging out with younger people. So people that are doing some cool stuff in their, in their twenties and, and they've got that youth and the vitality and that, that naiveness there, which is really, really cool because that was me when my mentor took me on, he was in his late thirties and he, one of the key things that I could offer him in the value that I could offer him was that youthful, energetic energy to even kick his ass. Be like, what are you doing lying down? Get the hell up. Let's go. And to have that around osmosically, you, you, you align yourself as you get older with this young energy and it, and you start to get more energy and you, you got to keep that momentum going into your forties and fifties and sixties because I was around people that were getting older like that. I did notice that. And especially in golf, you saw the older boys, we call them the older boys, you know, the forties and fifties and sixties. They're not old guys. If you are that age, you're not old. I'm just saying we call them the older boys, but when they hung around and they played golf with the younger kids, they got better because it was just so naive. It was so youthful. So I definitely, as you get older, put yourself around people that are younger to keep their momentum of energy, just keep going. And then the last truth I would be is that we're only here for a short time. And so it's, it's you by making the most of every moment that you have is the greatest thing. I was on the brink of it. And now I try to live every day. Like it's my last, that stoic philosophy that Marcus Aurelius talks about, you know, contemplating that the, the imminent death that we all have is a way to kick, kick your ass and be able to do some cool stuff every day. It's like, you never know, you know, people say you never know. It's like, but, but when you do contemplate it and we do know that there is an end to this, this virtual, you know, sort of stimulation that we have, it, it makes you be like, well, you know, wasting the t- wasting the time or watching you know for me the netflix i just don't i hate watching netflix in the moment because it's just such a waste of time i don't get it so i take one little step if you want to just you know start to to do one little step say if you are watching netflix or anything you're addicted to it i told the guys just to watch entrepreneurial stuff on netflix you know that just that little bit one level there if you are stagnant in your business just take one new idea that's completely different or completely radical from what you were thinking before just doing those baby steps because you never know when it might be you know the end and that's okay because by 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 knowing that at least you can give life like 110 percent and go hard at it because it's like it, it just it gives it that sort of bittersweet feeling it's like i'm gonna put everything i've got into it and for that it's like yeah it's gonna it's gonna it's not, it might not be a legacy or anything like that i never like to think that but at least you'll be proud of what you've done as a person and that's the only person that you want to really make happy and proud of is yourself so that would be my, my that biggest thing that i'd learn mm. that's really powerful i think again it comes back to that you don't need to be perfect. You just need to be 1% better. And if you can do that every day, your actions are going to compound exponentially over time and your life is going to look totally different one year from now yeah, than it does today. That evolution. Yeah. I always look at the Pokemon evolution. You know, you got a, you got a Charmander go onto a Charizard at the end. It's like that evolution. That's you as a person, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I oh, never man. played Pokemon, but I'm sure many people will get the analogy. Yeah, you're yeah. nodding. Like, yeah, I don't understand, but they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you so much, Sam. That was extremely powerful. Do you have anything that you'd like to plug to the people, and where can people find you? Basically, you can find me on YouTube. Just my name, Sam Matheson, which is like my new channel that I started up. I'm trying to upload three to five times a week on that, and uh, my Instagram, which is Sam Matheson too. 
couldn't get the original Sam Matheson. I'm going to have to message him and see if I can get that from him. Yeah, we've mm. got like people actually like DMing each other to try get Instagrams off other people. So I'm going to so try that. I'm going to try and get my, my full name now. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. I'll put all of that in the show notes. Go check out Sam's YouTube channel. I have no doubt that you're going to be dropping some awesome content on there. Uh, with that said, thank you so much for your time, Sam. It was awesome. No, thank you so much. That has been amazing. Thank you. Do you ever feel like you put on a front to the world? I did an episode for this podcast with my friend Will Nedder a while back called How to Hack Yourself and Live Life to the Fullest. And we were talking all about how many, many people bottle up their emotions. They mask their true feelings and their true selves with a fake smile. Firstly, because going through hard times is not something that people typically want to hear about. And secondly, because they're afraid to show the world their true colors. One thing that I really love is that Will likes to ask people, how are you really doing? Not how are you doing, but how are you really doing? Because that then gives them permission to open up, unburden, and be unashamedly themselves and feel lighter and more liberated in the aftermath. And one day Will himself was actually going through a tough time and he confessed to the person he was speaking to in that moment, I'm just low-key emotional. I just put on a front all the time. To which the immediate reply was, you should totally put that on a t-shirt. And boom, the low-key emotional streetwear brand was born. Will's passion for his brand truly oozes through in everything he does, and he essentially created this as a call to authenticity. A lot of us put on a front for the world of how we want the world to think about us instead of who we really are. We hide these parts of ourselves from others out of a fear that we will be judged negatively by others or that we won't be accepted for the person that we really are. So I want to ask you, what's your front? At the end of the day, the low-key emotional brand is all about facing your truth. So if you want to wear clothes like a hoodie, a cap, a bikini that actually stand for something real and keep your hustle low-key, I have an exclusive offer just for you as my podcast listener. With me, you get a 10% discount using the discount code YAS10. That's Y-A-S-10 at the checkout at lowkeyemotional.com. All of the links and the details are in the show notes. I gotta say, I have their hoodie myself. It's extremely comfortable. It looks incredibly hip. I love wearing it. And so if you're one of the cool kids, this is most definitely for you. Again, you can get a 10% discount using the discount code YAS10. That's Y-A-S-10 at the checkout at lowkeyemotional.com. And you too will be rocking the street look in no time. Again, all of the details are in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Young Entrepreneur's Journey. This episode is recorded in London by Yasmina Ellens. The music for the show as well as the editing is done by Jake Babineau. If you've gotten anything out of this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend or liking it in the iTunes store. These things help more than anything else in reaching a broader audience and in turn will lead to better episodes for you to listen to. Thanks again and we'll see you in the next episode.